You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Lost Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. My name is Thomas Bendit. I'm the manager of BT Powerhouse. Uh, exciting time. Uh, I know I've said that for the last few podcasts, but um, we really are getting into the the money time, so to speak, of, of the college basketball season. Um, you know, most of the teams have a week, week and a half left before conference uh, tournaments. Uh, certainly, you know, at least in the Big Ten, you know, the mid-majors will be getting into their conference tournaments coming up very shortly. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy how, how soon that's actually coming up um, for college basketball. But Big Ten has about a week and a half uh, from now um, before the, the regular season's done. And, and we look forward to the Big Ten tournament, but still plenty of, to play for pretty much from top to bottom. <clears throat> Um, everybody obviously fighting for for positioning in the standings, uh, seeding in the Big Ten tournament, um, and then really eight teams uh, in the Big Ten. And in my opinion, uh, I actually think nine teams uh, have some type of shot at an at-large NCAA tournament bid. Um, bar, you know, out, you know, again at large because obviously everyone has a shot. Um, if they win the Big Ten tournament, but I actually think there are nine teams that are somehow in in contention with a week and a half left of of regular season action. So that's that you know that that's crazy. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so I mean you have that. So you have nine teams battling for that. Um, you know some of them are long shots, but whatever. Nine teams. You have five teams that are probably locked in to the NCAA tournament at this point. Um, at least three or four now that would at least get an NIT bid, I would think. Um, and then you have you have three teams. Um, I guess four, 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 five. Okay, five. <laughs> Sorry, uh, five teams that have some type of shot still to win the Big Ten title. Um, after tonight's games, that'll start windling down. Uh, Really, there are three teams that I think have a serious shot, those being Indiana, Iowa, and Maryland. But um, I, I think, technically speaking, um, there are still five teams that have some shot uh, to get at least a share of the title, I, I should say. But uh, those being Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Ohio State, uh, Michigan State, um, and Wisconsin. So I guess, sorry, six, six teams, I think have a uh, technical shot, you know, a mathematical chance to win the Big Ten uh, or at least get a share of it. And I would say really, realistically, it, it's down to three at this point. Um, but again, you know, you never you never know how things are going to shake out. Uh, you know, Michigan State's sitting there with five Big Ten losses, but they've been playing lights out the last couple of weeks. So so maybe they could make some noise there. But, but the moral of the story, I guess, so to speak, is uh, – it's a really exciting time. You know, every game is so significant right now. It could very well be the difference between somebody making or missing the tournament. It could be the difference between winning or losing the Big Ten. 
Uh, it could be the difference between playing on the first day of the Big Ten tournament or not. Uh, you know, just every game uh, has significance, um, which makes it an exciting time, makes it a stressful time. If, if you're like me, uh, a fan of a bubble team, um, you know, it, it's a stressful time. One loss could be massive uh, in terms of your chances to make the tournament. But I, but I think things really are setting up to, to be an epic uh, last week and a half or so. Um, before, before we jump into that though, I, I did a Periscope over the weekend. Um, if you don't, if you are on Periscope or, or you're not, definitely check me out on there at T Bendit. Um, I like to do some post game stuff here and there, uh, trying to do it more regularly. Sometimes it's a, <laughs> it's a little annoying, but, uh, did, did one on some of the weekend's games, but, uh, obviously a, a huge weekend for the conference, uh, that Indiana Purdue showdown on Saturday night was awesome. Wisconsin, Illinois battled on Sunday night. Um, you had uh, Michigan and Maryland in a really, really exciting, well-played game uh, for its duration. Ohio State and Nebraska went to overtime on Saturday. Um, it was really from top to bottom. It, it was a really fun weekend to play. Um, I thought overall the games were pretty well played. Um, really, all of them were pretty close. Uh, that you know, the Illinois-Wisconsin game was probably the most spread out, but uh, even in that game, Wisconsin got down big, ends up coming back. Um, the the big takeaway I, I I would say of the of the weekend um, is first off, you know, Indiana's going to be in this title race, um, and we are having uh, Alex McCarthy on here in a f- few minutes from Two Four Seven Sports to chat about Indiana and their Big Ten title hopes. But I would say Indiana's definitely in this thing. And the other thing is, I really think the conference is setting up to get seven teams into the postseason. Um, Still, still some very important games here over the next week and a half um, and really through the Big Ten tournament uh, to decide who or who may get in. But I think, uh, you know, it, it's going to be a big, uh, you know, again, a, a lot of pressure. But, but I do think seven teams are going to get in. Uh, as I mentioned, I think the Big Ten has some shot at nine teams, um, more realistically eight. Uh, but uh, I, I do think... Uh, the Big Ten is going to get uh, get seven teams in there, but but with no further wait, um, why don't we jump into the uh, the title discussion here, uh, the discussion of some of the top teams. Uh, we have Alex McCarthy on from Two Four Seven. Alex, how's it going? Not too bad, man. Thanks for having me on. Oh yeah, definitely. A, obviously, a, a huge weekend over in Bloomington, uh, topped off by the the big rivalry win over over Purdue. Um, what were your reactions? Uh, well, well, first. Uh, why don't you tell our listeners uh, who didn't get a chance to go out there, uh, you know, what was the atmosphere like? What was the buildup like? And uh, what were some of your reactions uh, to the outcome, obviously? Yeah, it was, it was as good as that an atmosphere as there's been in a long time. I mean, when um, the week before when, when Iowa came into town and they were obviously ranked in the top five, that was very loud and people were into it, but there wasn't exactly the kind of um, early buzz that there was for the Purdue game. I mean, there were people lined up, all day, you know, people got there at like 8 a.m. Uh, I knew a lot of people who got there at like noon, one o'clock, two o'clock for the 8:30 tip-off, and they were in there immediately. Got to their seats an hour and a half before the game. They were loud. They were organized cheers, um, which is which is something that's usually pretty much reserved for only for rivalry games. I mean, uh, you go back to or or the game a couple of years ago when IU hosted College Game Day when Michigan came into town. Michigan was number one. IU was number three. Uh, it was probably as good an atmosphere as there was since then. Um, and it was 
with with a building as, as old and, and kind of crappy as Assembly Hall is, um, it's kind of scary when, when the place is shaking around you. But um, but for, for the guys on the court, obviously that that provides them a big boost, and that uh, is just a huge intimidation factor for for the other team and coach. Um, and it was it was I, I think a fairly big reason for Indiana being able to to win that game. And with the game itself, and in terms of just um, takeaways from that, I mean it was Indiana pretty much dominated a, a good portion of that game, and then in the last six minutes or so. Purdue started hitting threes, and it got down all the way down to two points in the last uh, 30 seconds or 37 seconds or whatever it was there. Um, but Indiana, you know, was able to hold on, stay undefeated at home. It's their best start ever at Assembly Hall. They're 16-0. and 0. Um, and, it, and it, more than anything, just, just continued to, to prove to me that they're pretty much unbeatable at home. I mean, they're, this season, literally, they, they've not been able to, you know, have been beaten at home. So, um it just makes that Maryland game to end the season look all that much more winnable for Indiana, which would be pretty big for, for Indiana's title hopes and, and closing out the season strong. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, before before we move on, I guess, to the, the last couple of games here for Indiana, um, getting back to the, the Purdue game, um, you know, Purdue's obviously beaten up on them a little bit over the last couple of years. Uh, Boilermaker, I forget what it was, like a thousand day streak or whatever without losing to Indiana, you know, whatever the, whatever the thing was, but, um, yeah. uh, you know, first, first rivalry win in a while. Um, what are the impressions fans who aren't part of this rivalry, I guess, uh, how, how big is this rivalry? Um, what do you think its significance is, you know, locally, nationally, and, and is this a start of a new trend? Is Indiana going to start running, running over Purdue, I guess, over the next couple of years? Yeah, that's that's the kind of weird thing about this rivalry is like it doesn't seem to be a whole lot of back and forth. It's either one team has a really good you know three or four year stretch, and then the other team has a good three or four year stretch, and and they kind of go back and forth. You don't see them trading, you know, splitting the season series very much um, in the past decade or so, where it's just uh, Purdue dominated for a while, like you said, and, and um, before that it was a couple of years of Indiana being really good and, and being able to beat Purdue. Um, so this was. One of the reasons this game was so fun and, and people were looking forward to it so much is that both teams were ranked, and it's the first time in seven years that that's happened that um, that Indiana and Purdue have met. And so that, I think that kind of takes away from the rivalry when when one team is ranked and the other team is not, and, and one team is kind of having a good year and one team is having an off year. So I think this game really kind of showed us what the Indiana Purdue rivalry can be, um, and I hope it I hope it stays this way. I hope both teams stay top twenty five, top twenty, whatever. Um, just so these games are, are a little more interesting. And I hope the Big Ten um, does something to fix the um, the scheduling because this is the only time that Indiana and Purdue played this year, which is ludicrous. I mean, it's, uh, you know, why would you, why, yeah, why would you want, you know, Michigan and Michigan State playing only one time a year? Why would you want any of these rivalry games only to happen once a year? So um, I, I think this is a rivalry that can be great. I mean, we saw what, what it was like in the, the Bob Knight, Gene Cady days, but, um, it's really kind of lost a little bit of its luster here in the past, I don't know, 15 or 20 years, just because um, the two teams have not really been matched up very well for a while. Um, but it, it definitely has the potential to be one of the better rivalries in college sports, but in, at least in college basketball. But um, the one that people really miss, especially around here in India, in Bloomington, is Indiana-Kentucky, because Indiana Purdue, there's a lot of history there. They're, they're in the same conference, they're in the same state. They, rec- they compete for a lot of the same fans and a lot of the same 
recruits and things like that. But there's just a next level of hatred that goes into Indiana, Kentucky. <laughs> they just those atmospheres were almost violent in in how much Indiana wanted to beat Kentucky and how much Kentucky wants to beat Indiana. And and you just don't see quite that level of, um, you know, I don't want to say like anger, but you you just don't see that level of intensity maybe for an Indiana-Purdue game. And and Purdue despises Indiana. I mean, they, you see them chant Purdue, or sorry, you see them chant IU sucks at every sporting event that they have, whether they're playing IU or not. It's just that kind of little brother syndrome is, is fascinating to me, but, um, but Indiana, you know, IU fans are not as uh, invested in this rivalry as, as Purdue fans are. And, and maybe if Purdue's able to, to hold on to some of its success, if these games get a little bit more competitive, maybe this this rivalry will kind of get back to where it was in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of the rivalry, it, you know, how you're describing it reminds me a little bit, uh, you know, as a, as a diehard Michigan guy myself, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit of the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry where, you know, in terms of football, where, uh, you know, Michigan-Ohio State is the big one, but um, it, it's kind of second tier, but, it, you know, still has a lot of fire and, and is obviously huge for the state. But um, m- moving on, though, I, I think uh, I think you bring up a good point, um, and it's something I wanted to get to uh, briefly, you know, with, with the rivalry games kind of taking place over the last week or two. Um, yeah, I, I just don't get this Big Ten scheduling uh, hang-up on uh, – you know, just having this rotating schedule where the rivalries are just, they're essentially just normal games, you know, in the Big mm-hmm. Ten scheduling eyes. Um, do you do you think there's a fix for that? Um, do you think it's just something we have to deal with now that there there are 14 teams? Or uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, I guess? You know, especially, you know, coming from the Indiana perspective where you have this huge basketball rivalry. Yeah, I, I think it's terrible. I think it's a tragedy that um, that these rivalries aren't able to be protected because um, I've always really, really enjoyed going to, to Mackey Arena to cover IU Purdue games because, like I said, I mean, they just um, – it is a, you know, I grew up in Michigan and I grew up around that Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. And it is, to me, very similar to, to when Michigan State wasn't that good at football and there's the whole, um, you know, my cart little brother kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and and, and – and I just love going to, to Mackey Arena and seeing those – because they want to beat IU so bad. They wake up every day of every year wanting to, to beat IU at something. And and, um, and it's just really frustrating and, and tragic that, that Indiana and Purdue weren't able to – maybe tragic is a little extreme, but it's, it's just very frustrating that they weren't able to play two games. And um, I don't know why, they, why the Big Ten office can't figure out some way to protect these rivalries, but um, – but yeah, I mean, with, with the with the expansion, with the TV stuff, with um, just contractual kind of things, it seems like their their hands are tied a little bit. But um, I think fans and teams, players, coaches, everybody would would really appreciate some kind of way to ensure that that these rivalries um, remain, you know, home and home instead of just playing one game a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and my thing is is like, yeah. It, you know, historically speaking, you know, if you have Indiana and Purdue, you make them play, you make Michigan, Michigan State play, uh, you know, teams like that, you know, in theory, uh, considering that, uh, how do I want to put that, you know, teams like Rutgers, Nebraska, 
Penn State. Um, they don't have the strong rivalries. I guess Maryland and Penn State is starting to come along. But um, and, and they've sort of been some of the bottom dwellers, historically speaking. So I guess it would be tougher. But for me, that it's worth potentially taking an extra loss when you know, you're getting the, the conference and the national conference. Like, people want to watch Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, mm-hmm. Indiana, Purdue. You know, they don't want to watch Indiana travel to Rutgers on a Tuesday night. I, I just, no. to me, to, yeah, to me, it's a long-term idea where, uh, yeah, you're going to lose out here and there. You know, maybe, uh, you know, Purdue misses the tournament one year because they had to face Indiana on the road. But to me, it's worth it for just for the exposure. I know – um. The SEC already, uh, they do protect their rivalries. And um, I know the SEC basketball isn't necessarily the best uh, comparison for what you want to be. But um, I I think the Big Ten seriously needs to look at that uh, with with how things are shaking out. But um, but with that, why don't we jump back to to Indiana here? Um, Clearly, uh, you know, a lot to play for. Um, They've been playing really well. Uh, You know, they've lost three conference games. They've lost three games since uh, early December. Um, they're right in the heart of this thing, but uh, their final three games here are the regular season. They're on the road at Illinois, on the road at Iowa, and then Maryland at home. Um, the first thing that pops out, at least to me, is the Illinois game, uh, sandwiched between the rival Purdue game uh, and the Iowa road game, and it's also on the road. Um, is this going to be a tra- trap game for the Hoosiers? Uh, if Illinois were, were healthier and a little bit better, I think it, it totally could be, <laughs> because um, quite frankly, um, you know, Indiana handled beat Illinois by 34 at home earlier this year. Um, but we saw what happened, you know, a couple of weeks ago with um, Indiana had that big win at Michigan, and then they went to Penn State right before the playing at home against Iowa, and they totally laid an egg at Penn State. Uh, so it, it totally could happen again. Uh, it, it's something that has not necessarily become a trademark these past few years for Indiana, but. <laughs> it seems like they always kind of leave you shaking your head at some, at one of these road losses. And, and I think maybe Indiana got it out, out of its system against Penn State. Maybe that was their one really bad road loss in the Big Ten. But, I mean, this is – Indiana really, really has an opportunity to grab control of this, um, of this Big Ten title race in these next two games. If they can beat Illinois and, and then obviously the, the huge game against Iowa. But um, – yeah, they they need to to not overlook Illinois because like I mean you know Illinois what are they four and ten in conference play um, they're they're not very threatening so it, it's easy to, <laughs> to kind of overlook them uh, and they're not they haven't been healthy in the past couple of years really they really haven't been themselves so um, but then again Indiana might not be fully healthy going into this game as well because um, sophomore guard Rob Johnson sprained his ankle the other night against Purdue and it, that comes you know, a couple of months after James Blackwood Jr. hurts his knee um, and is out for the season. So that that totally kills your backcourt depth there. And, and Rob Johnson is, um, you know, he's averaging, I think, like eight points, three rebounds, three assists, something like that. But his biggest value comes on the defensive end where he's been able to, to really shut guys down on the perimeter or, or at least limit guys on the perimeter. And he's been a big part of Indiana's defensive improvements, like you said, since early December. Um, you know, when they've only lost three games since then. So that's a big loss for them if he can't go. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm kind of assuming that he's not going to be able to go. But if he can't go or if he's not 100%, Indiana might have a little bit of trouble containing um, Illinois on the perimeter or containing anybody on the perimeter. So that would be my one major concern for IU going into this game is um, if 
Um, and you're going to have to continue to play Yogi Ferrell like 38 minutes a night, uh, which is just going to wear him out. Maybe it already has worn him out a little bit, uh, but this is certainly not going to help. So um, a long answer to your question, but it, it could be, it totally could be a, a trap game for India. That would, that would be a very um, kind of cliche Indiana thing to do after these past couple of years. It's, um, they just seem to have one of those losses late in the season that really where they have a chance to, to really put themselves in a good position for something and then and then fall short. So I, I'm very intrigued by this by this Illinois game. Mm-hmm. And and I you know I I don't want to get too far too far ahead here, but you know obviously that next <laughs> that next game after Illinois, uh, Indiana travels to Iowa Iowa City on Tuesday. Um, you know Iowa has a couple of big games here over the next couple of days, mm-hmm. but you know assuming Iowa beats you know takes care of Wisconsin. Uh, takes care of their business before Indiana, uh, and Indiana does, uh, you know, avoid the trap. Uh, they beat they beat Illinois here. Um, you know, it, lo- it looks like it, it. You know, it, it's the Big Ten uh, title game, uh, so to speak. Um, can Indiana go on the road? Uh, you know, they haven't ha- necessarily been the greatest on the road this year. Uh, you know, they did get that Michigan, you know, sort of blowout uh, beatdown. But uh, outside of that, they really haven't beat many great teams on the road this year. Uh, do you do you think they have a chance in that game, or or is Iowa going to be too much? Like you said, they really haven't. Other than that Michigan game, they just haven't looked very good on the road. I mean, their wins have come, you know, at Rutgers, at Nebraska, um, at Minnesota. I mean, not they're really not beating the the top of the Big Ten. That's kind of you know, looking at the schedule beforehand. I think we talked about this on the podcast a while ago. Just looking at the way that Indiana's conference schedule is shaped up, they really haven't had to prove themselves very much on the road in the Big Ten. I mean, they lost at Wisconsin. They went to overtime uh, with them. Um, but they just really did not look very good at all against Penn State or Michigan State uh, in either of those road losses. So, um, I, I mean, it, logically, Iowa is probably going to win that game just because um, – they're, they're deep, they're experienced, they're, they're a very, very good team, obviously. Uh, and Indiana just doesn't seem to, to really get itself going and get itself together on the road. And um, You kind of have to look at games at Assembly Hall with a, with a little bit of a, a grain of salt or an asterisk, asterisk or something because um, it's just such a tough place to play. Uh, IU beat Iowa by, by seven here at home. And, um, you know, it, it's just it's a hard place to win. It's really hard to judge based on uh, on how they played in that game. So I, I think Iowa probably has the advantage in that game. Uh, but it's it's going to be interesting to see because Iowa doesn't have that that easy of a schedule. Um, you know, home against Wisconsin, you never really want to play. With, I mean, Wisconsin is just a tough team to play anywhere. And then they go to Ohio State on Sunday. I think that's kind of a um, one of those kind of overlooked games. Ohio State's, I think, the hottest team in the Big Ten. They just won their 10th uh, conference game. I think they won four in a row. Um, so um, it's it's not an easy road for Iowa, but um, but I think looking at that game specifically, I think Iowa probably has the advantage there, and that and that, like I said, could be um, basically for the Big Ten Conference regular season title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know, I I think Iowa. You have to think they're the favorite, but you know, as you said, uh, Indiana has beaten our Iowa already, so mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, you never know. Um, but with that aside, you know, I, I think at this point, it, you know, it's pretty much uh, it's pretty easy to break down, you know, how things are going to shake out, you know, depending on who wins the next couple of games. Um, but moving past that, um, 
obviously that you know the Big Ten tournament, it, it's really hard to get a gauge on that, you know, without knowing teams are going to be sitting, um, you know, who's playing for what. Uh, but Indiana certainly looks like a lock to make the NCAA tournament at this point. Um, you know, where where they get seated is a question mark. Um, how how dangerous is this team in March? Uh, because you know they didn't necessarily have the best non-conference performance. Uh, you know, they beat Creighton, but they kind of underwhelmed against everybody else. Um, and now they, they seem to have improved despite some, some key injuries over the last couple of months. Um, is it, is this a team that can make the final four? You know, is this a team that, um, can win it all or, or is this more of a, a first weekend, second weekend type of team? Yeah, it, it's hard. It's always hard to get a read on Indiana just because they confound you. They confuse you. They, they have great performances one night, terrible performances the next, but they, <laughs> they really haven't been great outside of assembly hall and like you said that non-conference schedule uh, outside of of maui and duke and, and maybe creighton i guess uh, there really just wasn't very much testing them until notre dame in, in mid-december um but they just you know they're six and six away from uh, assembly hall uh, you know road and neutral things um and they just haven't looked great in a lot of those games and i think once they start playing, I think they can win a first-round matchup. I think they can maybe make it to the second weekend of the tournament. Um, but I, I don't necessarily see this as a as a Elite Eight Final Four team. I just – I don't know if they're consistent enough. I, I don't think they can exactly um, put in the same effort night after night after night uh, just because um, – just because of the nature of, of a lot of the guys that they rely on. I mean, Troy Williams – had a great week last week, co-Big Ten Player of the Week. But you know, before that, he was 0 for 5 at Michigan State with, with like, three turnovers and, and just couldn't do anything against a very good Michigan State team. Um, so if you're going to be leaning on him, you never know which, which Troy you're going to get uh, for that night. Yogi Ferrell has been really off in terms of shooting from the floor until that Purdue game the other night. Um, so it seems like night after night, you don't exactly know what exactly you're going to get from Indiana. And, um, Robert Johnson, who's one of their more consistent players, uh, who knows how limited he's going to be if he, if he plays in these next few games. So um, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I I wouldn't count it out, of course. I mean, they can get hot. They can shoot. If, if guys start hitting shots, if Yogi Ferrell starts going crazy, if, if guys off the bench like Nick Seisloft and, um, and Colin Hartman and OG Ananobi are, are able to kind of get going from behind the arc and get going offensively, um, I think they can make a little bit of a run, but um, I, I just don't exactly see it out of this team. I, I think I see a lot of the signs that I've seen the past couple of years of, of them kind of flaming out in late February, early March, where it just looks like they're tired. It looks like they don't exactly have the legs that they had in January. Um, they're just, for some reason, you know, these, these Tom Green coach Indiana teams just don't have that kind of look that a Tom Izzo kind of uh, Michigan State team has where you're worried about them, I guess, in late February, early March. So, um, so no, I, I mean, I, I would say probably I could see them definitely getting to the second weekend. I can definitely see them getting to the Sweet 16, uh, but I wouldn't call them a Final Four team probably at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and given that, um, you know, as we mentioned, you know, I, I know you're not a, a bracketology expert here, um, but uh, – how, how important is it, you know, to potentially win the Big Ten, potentially to win the Big Ten tournament? Um, because clearly, you know, that would bump them up, I, I would think, a couple a couple uh, mm-hmm. spots at least. Um, 
in March. Uh, how important is that, you know, considering that, you know, you don't necessarily think they're a, you know, Elite Eight, Final Four, you know, championship type team. Um, would that be enough, I guess, to push them deep? Yeah, it could be. I mean, depending on the matchups, depending on everything like that. I mean, if they get like a three seed or something, um, that would that would immensely help their chances of of advancing and being able to to move on because um, they, they did they played pretty well against um, you know those kind of lower tier non conference teams. And I guess those wouldn't really be equivalent to an NCAA tournament team, but still um, they do take care of their business and they they have. So far, I mean, just looking at their games, they pretty much won all of the games that they are supposed to win. I mean, that Penn State game obviously is a disappointment. The Wake Forest game in Maui is a huge disappointment. But, but other than that, they've pretty much been able to, to win the games that you expect them to win, the games that they're favored in. Um, so I, I think making a run, you know, in these next couple of games, winning the Big Ten um, regular season tournament, and then, and then maybe winning a couple of games in the Big Ten tournament, which they haven't done very much of in, in recent years, but um, making a little bit of a run here uh, would not only kind of fuel them in terms of, of moving them up in a, a seeding sense, but it, was, it would also just kind of give them a little bit of momentum, give them a little bit of confidence, and um, they, they, just, they do well when they can, can have something to feed off of and when they have something to kind of rally around. So I think um, it, it's, it's a huge next couple weeks for Indiana, not only just for possibly winning the Big Ten outright, but for their tournament chances and for their kind of set up and, and run up to the tournament. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'd agree. You know, a, a big couple of weeks here uh, for the Hoosiers, mm-hmm. uh, you know, needless to say. Um, Alex, uh, we thank you for uh, for joining us here to chat some Indiana. Uh, what do you guys have going on over at 247? Yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're in the middle of a lot of things here. Uh, the 2017 football recruiting stuff is starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, IU actually just got a commitment from uh, a four-star uh, Ohio um, running back, which is their highest-rated commit in in many many years. Um, so we'll see if they can uh, if they can hold on to him until signing day next year. But um, so that that's something we're definitely following closely. And then the IU women's basketball team is on the cusp of its first NCAA tournament appearance in 14 years. So. Um, that it's a huge couple weeks for them as well as they're trying to battle and stay on the right side of the bubble there. And then baseball season is getting started. So it's, um, it's, there's a lot going on on the site, uh, but obviously men's basketball is the focus right now. Um, we will be covering these, these next few games and, um, we'll be at the big 10 tournament. So it's going to be, it's going to be a fun couple weeks for us. <laughs> Definitely. Well, uh, Alex, thanks. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> thanks. Um, as, as a quick reminder to everyone, that was uh, Alex Alex McCarthy for uh, two four seven. He writes for their their Indiana site over there. Um, you know, as you mentioned, they really cover everything. They they do a great job. I know. Uh, um, for me, um, you know, I'm a I'm a big football fan. I was talking a little bit about it. Uh, love two four seven. You know, their football recruiting stuff. So definitely check them out. Um, and if you're an Indiana fan uh, or just a Big Ten fan who, who's interested in Indiana, uh, Alex Alex does a great job over there uh, for those guys. But um, but with that, that, that's about all we have um, for today. Um, I did want to touch briefly on a couple of these games here over the next couple of days. Uh, Michigan State and Ohio State is a big game tonight. Um, I, I do like the Spartans in that one. I, I think Michigan State uh, is just so hot right now. I, I think they're playing so well. Um, I, I said this uh, to someone else, uh, I, I think on Sunday, but um, 
I, I, you know, maybe Kansas, but outside of Kansas or Duke right now, I, I don't know if I'd take anyone over Michigan State on a neutral court, you know, today. You know, maybe that'll change, you know, by this evening. Maybe that'll change by tomorrow. But I, I think the Spartans are, are playing so well right now. Um, and Ohio State gets the game at home. They're certainly going to have a shot, you know, their season on the line, so to speak. But um, I, I do think Michigan State takes care of business. I think they move on. And, and ultimately, I think Michigan State's going to end up as the, as the three seed, um, maybe a little bit higher, you know, three or four seed probably uh, in the Big Ten tournament. And um, honestly, you know, I think they're going to have a great chance to win the Big Ten tournament. I think uh, the Spartans could get a number one seed when all said and done. But um, that's the big game tonight. You know, Minnesota and Rutgers also play. Uh, not a ton on the line on that. Um, if Rutgers does lose, they, they do have a, currently they've lost 29 games in a row against big 10 teams. So uh, certainly the Scarlet Knights uh, do not want to move to 0 30 um, in their last 30 games against big 10 teams. So one, one little tidbit to watch in that game uh, tonight, tomorrow night, uh, two big, big games uh, for the big 10's bubble teams, Michigan Northwestern uh, in Ann Arbor. Um, I, I think Michigan's going to edge out in that game, but a huge, huge game, probably the most important game Michigan has for the rest of the year. Uh, they need to avoid a bad loss. Um, at this point, I, I think losing to Northwestern at home would be considered a bad loss. Uh, they're well outside the top 100 in RPI. So I, I think that is a, uh, that's a game <laughs> Michigan desperately needs to win. Uh, Wisconsin at Iowa you know, really an intriguing game. Iowa needs to win the game to stay in that Big Ten title hunt. Wisconsin, you know, is trying to continue its recent success uh, on the road, trying to get another marquee win. You know, if Wisconsin wins that game, you have to think they're a pretty safe bet for the NCAA tournament. Um, Iowa still has plenty of work to do to to win the Big Ten, potentially get a, a one seed. But uh, a lot on the line in those games. Um, you know, plenty more on Thursday, a couple of intriguing games. Um, and Certainly, even more over the weekend, you know, that Purdue and Maryland matchup, uh, which is a BT Powerhouse game of the week um, on Saturday. So excited to watch that. But, uh, but with that, that, that's about all we have for today. Uh, again, I'm Thomas Bendit, manager of BT Powerhouse. You can check me out on Twitter at tbendit, T-B-E-I-N-D-I-T. Um, and you can check out our, twi- our, our site, um, our site Twitter, which is BT Powerhouse. Um, and as I mentioned, we have a lot of great stuff going on at the site right now. Um, our, our other manager, uh, co-manager, Brian uh, Stedman, posted a NCAA bracketology post. Definitely worth a read. Um, we have the game of the week stuff right now. So def- worth worth checking out, uh, to say the, say the least. But uh, again, appreciate everyone checking us out, and, and we'll see you guys next time.